This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again in studio with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. Good to see you. You suit. We're going to tackle an important topic here in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to just ask you all to, to go check out the new website that has launched, practicalshepherding.com. And uh, we're really excited about it. It's real. It's much easier to maneuver and get access to our content. And it's a lot easier to see on a phone, which I'm told is really important now. And as I started to think about it, Jim, I look at a lot of websites on my phone scrolling down. So you got to be able to see uh, websites on a phone, which mm-hmm. this is m- built much better in that way. So you can also contact us through that. So please go that, to that website and go to the contact page. And reach out to us if you have a topic you want us to tackle on this podcast. That's a great way to let us know that. Uh, we actually put out on social media this morning uh, so, to get some ideas from you, and a bunch of you responded, so we're grateful for that. We're going to try to tackle the next several episodes are going to be things that we've heard uh, from you and, and you've asked us to, to try to address, so we're going to do that. So today, we're going to try to talk about what it means for pastors to pastor one another, mm-hmm. and as we get into this, and Jim, in a minute, I want you to kind of set this up biblically, but, but just to give a preface to this, Jim and myself both f- feel the New Testament model is a plurality of pastors, pastors, elders, same office, and that every local church, the design is that there's supposed to be more than one, uh, not necessarily paid, but there is that, that hold the office. There's supposed to be more than one pastor, there's supposed to be more than one deacon, as the two offices of the New Testament that we find in First Timothy chapter 3. So letting everybody know that's where we're starting from. Jim, what's a passage that helps us think about, uh, is, there, is there a command, is there passages that address pastors are supposed to care for one another and why? Yes, uh, there is. And I, I think the clearest passage in this regard is Acts chapter 20, where uh, Paul is, has called for the elders of the church uh, in Ephesus to come to him. He administered there uh, for three years, and uh, he is departing. And, and there's so much in this passage that is rich and beneficial for men uh, in ministry or men pursuing ministry. But it's in the context of talking to them uh, that Paul says, I'm going to read this out of the ESV, uh, pay careful attention to yourselves, that's plural, and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So there's a little theology here. The elders are the overseers of the flock. So there's some of the, some of the basics of what the same you argued office, in right. a moment. The same right, office, right. right. So shepherd, elders shepherd the flock elders or overseers of the flock. Uh, so one is the term for pastor, the other is a, a term episkopos. We get the uh, bishop, it can be translated uh, of that. But he says, pay careful attention to yourselves. And he's not just, this is different than Paul's command to Timothy when he says, take heed to yourself, singular, and to the doctrine, right. continue in them, etc. Here, and it becomes evident what he's talking about. You're going to take heed to yourselves. He's not just pluralizing what he said to Timothy, mm-hmm. because he says this, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And now this is the text. 
And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Mm -hmm. Therefore, be alert. Okay? Yeah. So what Paul is saying is that you know, though we, we will strive to do due diligence and who is brought into the eldership of the church and who pastors, who has access to the pulpit. And the that, sheep. And, and the sheep, right, exactly. You're, you're overseeing the sheep that we need to be on guard by, by Paul's words to Timothy in our own lives, watching our own life carefully, but also with a, a recognition that if we see troubling things and another man in, in the eldership uh, speaking perverse things. There's some things coming out in his doctrine. There's books that he's reading. Uh, there can be some moral issues that you begin to be concerned about that are going to affect his ability to shepherd the flock. It's going to stain the church, or whatever the case. And what, what Paul is bringing out here is that Elders have a responsibility to steward not only their own soul, but to watch over the souls of others. And I think you can you can take that's a general principle of this text and expound it both in regard to more uh, affectionate caring for each other, where yeah. a, a brother is struggling, where he's weak, where he's uh, hurt right now, you're shepherding, and then, but also with the recognition that there is sin in elderships, and, and there needs to be a way that that is confronted and dealt with and exposed and not covered by other elders, because yeah. that is sadly is too often the case. Elders, to the neglect of the sheep, protect the shepherds. And yeah, we are to protect, but we're to protect them in regard to soul care uh, and their health, not their power, position, paycheck. Well, and the most the most obvious and even public example of this in recent days is is the way that that's gotten exposed in a lot of, of, of abuse situations in churches, that right. there were actually elders that defended and protected elders who were guilty, and and that, that, that is, that's a really serious thing when elders are protecting one another in those ways. There is. It, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a huge shame upon the church, and I think we need to make a distinction between a situation where, where pastors, the other shepherds, really were bamboozled. They really, really didn't know anything was going That's on. That's true. Right, right. That might happen. A guy is, was just an expert in his double life. In other cases, you'll find out later, you know what, I was really concerned. He really seemed obsessed with authority. He was always talking about the sheep being submissive. He was always trying to drive his own agenda. In elders' meetings, he always had to get his own way. And and, and do you just sit there as, as a, let's say we're talking to a lay elder, and, and this is in reference to the full-time guy, the full-time elder, and you think, oh, I'm just here to be a support, yep. and, and I shouldn't say anything. It's not really my place to say anything, and maybe another lay elder, the two of you think that, and yet you're, you feel bullied into silence. Yep. This is a text that exhorts you to your duty to speak up for that man's sake, but especially for the sake of the sheep. We, we are called as shepherds, John 10, to lay down our lives for the flock, not to lay down our lives you know, for leadership, essentially. And, and I want to highlight, too, because I served in, I did a, a ministry as an associate pastor in some churches, and in one in particular, uh, 
the the it was not a plurality of pastors as as we would talk about in a, that are that are equal in authority and and influence and say making decisions. I served as an associate where the senior guy was by himself and answered to nobody, and we had these other associate pastors but did not have the authority to be able to talk about these things. In fact, if anybody did, they were fired by the head guy. So it created this culture of not being able. So I want to highlight, there's some people listening to this who are thinking, well, there's multiple pastors on staff here, but but we're not an equal plurality. Like It's the head guy, and he makes all the decisions, and we kind of are his servants in that way. And I want to acknowledge that I know a lot of churches function that way, and one, that's not what we're advocating that, that is healthy, first of mm. all, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a church where a church affirms pastors, elders, and they have equal authority within the church and among each other. We recognize that there's a difference of influence. Like, I mean, different pastors have different influence based on right. their relationships sure. and all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about in decision-making. I'm talking about being able to hold each other accountable. Uh, to to in, having integrity and walking with the Lord, like that's what we're talking. And I think that's the spirit, definitely what what Paul was talking about. I, I agree, Brian. And I think you in even in an environment which a lot of guys will have, where there is, however you structure it, I think some Baptists have a bit more what I would call a Presbyterian model, where where you have the pastor is an elder and on the elder board, but the elders aren't pastors. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. and sometimes you'll have, again, that the primary authority and leadership rests with the pastor, even, you know, where, where, well, maybe they would say essentially with the congregation, but practically it's often with that one pastor. And one of the reasons we believe that biblically, and, and we're not explicitly told this, but when you do see a model of a plurality of pastors and you say, well, why? Well, we believe it's a safeguard to the congregation, but it's also a safeguard to ourselves. Right. And we need to, as in a sense, Brian, we're in somewhat primary leadership positions, even among our elderships. And my, you know, both of us have been there the longest uh, of the elders. We do most of the preaching. We're maybe the names most associated with the church. And you use the title senior pastor. I don't. I don't use that title, but... In a, in a sense, almost practically works out that way sometimes. And we need to recognize that there is a particular susceptibility on our part to have an undue influence or to try to gain, in a sense, disciples after ourselves, to yeah. have a jealousy, a rivalry uh, in, in an eldership where we want a, a greater place or a greater prominence. And Paul, and the scriptures recognize that in and say, I think that one of the safeguards against that is a healthy functioning eldership where in that room, as you men meet together, that, yeah, in the right sense, you have each other's back, but on the but in the other sense, you're really zealous for the good and the health of the church and for the flock, and you're willing to confront the guy. So in, in my situation, we have, um, we have four elders, two of us are full-time, uh, one of our elders is in his mid-60s, uh, two of us are approaching 60, and the other is 31. And, mm. and so to say to that younger guy, brother, you're here, and we want you to, ha- to have your voice, don't be intimidated right. by us. We're right. twice your age, or whatever, almost twice your age. I'm old enough to be your dad, mm. but that doesn't mean you're not my pastor. 
and that if you're concerned that I don't listen to you or I won't hear you, then you need to speak up uh, and alert that to the other elders that there's a problem with me, and that's part of us functioning together biblically. Yeah, and I want to highlight that we use the term senior pastor. I I like that terminology for for this way. I I believe distinguishing who is the first among the equals. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that to be helpful. I know there's, there's some debate on this where, you know, even in title, we all try to just be equal. Like there's not right. one. Right. But but I have found that that, that I have found that to be confusing, because uh, I preach most of the time. Mm-hmm. I have the most influence because I've been there the longest. Right. Everybody right. knows right. that. Right. That's okay. But that's why it's even more important for me and somebody in your position as well. Right. That we submit to our other elders exactly. Uh, and and let them hold us accountable and let them overrule overrule us in a decision like that's all very healthy and that's what we're that's what we're wanting to talk about yeah Yeah. pastors are men under authority and under the authority of the scriptures or obviously under the authority of the head of the church or the chief shepherd the lord jesus but in a very practical sense uh, to be under the authority of others and to listen to others it's 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 a it's always concerning when you see a situation and maybe where ministry has a a board of directors, and they don't listen, you know, and, and whoever the head guy is, you don't listen to the board, and it becomes, it's just, it's, it seems to be for show. And, and if there is a plurality of elders, and the senior pastor, whatever term you want to use, a first among equals, never listens to the other men. He always gets his way. Right. Um, it's His vote counts for three votes, or, you know, whatever the case may be. That man himself is in a dangerous position. His eldership's in a dangerous position, and the congregation's in a dangerous position. Uh, you begin to have that, you know, the touch not the Lord's anointed uh, attitude that we mock in some, you know, Pentecostal circles, but it, it can work itself it out. It subtly some... can show up that sure. way in our churches. And that, I think that's, you know, I think that's helpful. I've I found that one of the places I knew we were moving to a better place of health, because I, I, I came in as the sole senior pastor, mm-hmm. that typical SBC model of senior pastor, deacons who function as pseudo-elders. And when we went to elders, it took years to try to empower these men in front of the church. But I remember one time there was a decision, there were five of us at the time, and all four of the elders disagreed with me and, and made the decision and overruled me. And I remember kind of being even in shock at the moment. Like, did that just happen? <laughs> and then later realizing, man, that's, that, great. that's actually really healthy. Like, yeah. once I got over the fact that I didn't get my way, that, you know, it's like, wow, that was really good and helpful. And so that's kind of, that's what we're advocating for. So we can, we can hash this out in a lot of different ways. Jim, why don't we just start here with this first episode and say, what are some, what are some practical ways that you have found that other elders have either cared for you or held you accountable in some way in your life? Let's throw, let's throw out some practical ways. What does this look like in a true plurality? Yeah, and I can speak to my own situation, Brian, into this. I, I could talk about what were my desires going in or how you try to cultivate things, but I'm very thankful in our own situation. Uh, the we, we get along very well as elders. There's a real camaraderie that we have, There's a that we're friends uh, as well. As pastors together, uh, one of and, and so we are, at least in my case, particularly with two of the other elders. And the only reason I I, I would um, one of the men lives 
further away. He lives, but the other two live fairly close by. And one of them, you know, we are in the building together. And so we see each other more often. And so there is that private matter of getting together, sharing burdens, uh, allowing some vulnerability in your own soul, as far as saying, I, I, I'm struggling in this way. So one of the brothers that I'm talking about is, is a peer. We're the same age. He's, well, six months old or whatever. But we spend a lot of time together. We vacation together. And, and so he's good at asking some of those questions about, so what's going on? Or you seem this lately? Or uh, how are you bearing up with that? Uh, what are you struggling in this area or that area? Mm-hmm. And 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 then again, because there is an openness there, you want to be able, uh, you know, to ask forgiveness of the men. Again, we we had our our uh, podcast on cynicism. There are times my cynicism has come through in an elders meeting, and I've had to repent of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so again, you're watching over each other, not just you know, with a great suspicion that you're involved in great sin, but also just looking for vulnerabilities and weakness. Yeah. So would they one, call you on the cynicism when it would show up or would you have to realize? Uh, you were doing I think, you know, they, they try to be so patient with me with it. I think they almost, they, they understand, but yeah. I've, I've mentioned it enough times that I want to make them aware that please address this with me. And I've also, I have just sought to plead with them regularly, don't, don't spare me. You know, I, I know you love me. I know, you know, some of you were, you've been helped by my ministry because, you know, you came here and I was preaching and all of those kinds of things. I know you love me. I know you appreciate me. But if you see things in my life, uh, whether, whether you, you, your question, my integrity is, is, was is Jim being honest? I'm getting, I get two different stories all the time mm-hmm. between what Jim says he did and what really happened. Um, some of these matters. So that, that's some of what, and we'll talk about those more in just a yeah. moment, but that's just try You try to just cultivate an openness. You, uh, I I have I, I I have what's called uh, an oversight. We call it pastoral oversight. I get visited like the other members of the church do by one of the pastors. Hmm. They sit down with me and my wife every year, at least once a year, and I'll ask them very simple questions about even about you know how how's my own sense of assurance, my walk with the Lord, am I in the Word as a man, am I, how's my prayer life, what's the, what are things like in the home, where are you struggling maritally, are there any issues with the kids, you know. Uh, how you doing in regard to your own integrity and walk? You know th- those kinds of questions yeah. are yeah. asked, and and so you try to have that kind of um, an openness and, and care for each other in, in that way. I have found that one of the helpful things is to find and find elders who are who love you but are not impressed with you, right? And and because a lot of times, again, if you have elders that you've had an impact on their ministry. Uh, they have to be pushed like you did with the younger elder you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And and they're elders. They're they're qualified men. Exactly. They should be able to make that transition. But I, I have found that to be part of the issue. A lot of our elders through the years have been sons in the faith for me right. that I've raised up. But I found one of the some of the most helpful elders I had were elders who were more my age, who were not impressed and right. would call me on stuff right. and push on stuff. And and it was at times it was hard, but I realized like that's like that's what we need. That's the protection I think that Paul has in mind when he's talking about take heed to your to yourselves. That passage is so weighty because he's calling them out that there actually will be there may be wolves rise up from among you, right? 
who have like the position of elder, who right, sheep have trusted. Like this is this is why this is such a this is why this is such an important thing. Right. And that's a lot of heresies get started that way in a church because other other leaders, other elders didn't stand up and say something and they allowed that person because of his personality and gift and influence to again draw the way draw away disciples after himself to take advantage of God's people in such a way. And Ezekiel deals with this, doesn't he, in Ezekiel thirty four and other passages that there are shepherds who will abuse the authority of the office. They will use it as a cloak for vice. They'll feed on the sheep instead of feed the sheep. They'll enrich themselves in certain ways or seek to take advantage in some immoral way of vulnerable people in the, in, in the flock. And there has to be that recognition. There's a perversity in our hearts. People in leadership have the same heart, and they need safeguards. They need the help and the protection uh, and the love, the loving interaction of others to stand up to them or stand alongside them, whatever it is they need at that time. But it's for the good and health of that man, but ultimately to protect that flock. So as we move to, towards the end of this, I think I want to wrap it up this way. I was asked at a conference recently in a Q&A, that they, they basically said, I was told that pastors at a church should not be friends because it gets in the way of having to do the work of being a pastor and a shepherd. And uh, I just want to say that I think that's dead wrong. Right. I agree. And, and I think that one, and that's why I want to bring this, this is how I want to bring this around. Pastors caring for one another, the root of that is that it's rooted in friendship and brotherly mm-hmm. love in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I played golf with with one of my elders yesterday, and we actually we actually had an agenda and talked about a bunch of church stuff that we actually needed to work through, and got a ton done. But you know, at the end of the day, we hugged and just enjoyed being together. Yeah. And right. and I just want to stress that for those who are because we get we got a, we get a lot of questions about um, how do you move to elders, how do they function together, at the root of it. Develop friendships with these men. Mm-hmm. Enjoy, like I said, I mean, you know, go on, you know, go spend time with them. Go on vacations together. Take trips together. I mean, you know, Jim, that's something you have done through the years. I think in a really, in a really helpful way. So as you're listening to this, the root of it is being able to care for one another. It is is ultimately friendship. Mm-hmm. So if you don't pursue, here, here's the irony. Here's why I bring this up. That. Friendship often can get pushed to the side because we're so busy doing ministry stuff. Mm-hmm. There's like so many crises, crises and right. uh, all these problems and decisions we have to make that we forget to enjoy one another. And so, uh, as we wrap this up, I want to stress that if you don't have friendship, that will hinder your ability to care for one another as pastors. Any final thought, Jim, to this? Yeah, it's just a recognition that we ourselves. Uh, have vulnerability. We need to welcome the input of others uh, into our lives and not be defensive and not view it as power grab. I know sometimes that is. That's exactly what happens. But again, what you're hoping to have established is that these are qualified men that you have beside you, uh, men who love the flock and men who who love you, but they're committed to the ultimate good of the flock. I recognize even with that, that that can be used, that language can be used as a cloak of vice. That's the whole sad reality of church life. But with that being said, you know, we ought to recognize these people are committed. These these men around me are more committed to the well being of the flock than they are to me. 
yeah. and that's ultimately and 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 so because of that they will care for me yeah. in a good and right way and if you are ever if you're listening to this you're a pastor and you may not have this now but if you ever get a chance to be able to serve with other pastors elders in your church who love Jesus love the sheep have integrity and you have a genuine friendship with them that is one of the greatest joys I've ever experienced in ministry. On the flip side, to have to deal with an elder that goes sideways, even an elder that shows up as a wolf, which I've talked to pastors even recently who have faced that, mm. maybe one of the most painful things a pastor. So yeah, there's so much writing on this. So Jim, would you just take a minute and pray for everyone listening to this and all the different situations around this because mm. it's so serious? Father in heaven, we have read in, in, in the word here that the flock is the, it's the church which is purchased with the blood of, of, of Christ, uh, and we recognize, living God, that that is a, a tremendous stewardship uh, and that these sheep are precious to you. And Father, for their good and for their thriving, you've given uh, leaders and elders, and Lord, where those leaders become savage wolves or draw away disciples after themselves we pray that we would find ourselves to be true-hearted shepherds uh, willing to stand between wolves and sheep father help us uh, to to see uh, be sensitive to where we may be going astray vulnerable to hear others and then courageous to confront where need be we ask in jesus name amen amen